Hey, welcome into this episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. I'm joined here by Akib Ghazi and joining us as well, Chris Gardner and Dayan Dunlap. We're off the heels of Houston's, whew, what could we call that, domination? Uh, in Bar- well, I mean, embarrassment might be a strong word. I think domination is the proper one, specifically in the second half. Second half shutout from Houston as Texas Tech defeated the Cougars 49-28. This is Let's Rage Cougs. We're going to be talking about everything that happened in the game on the other side of the game. It's time for the original Houston postgame show. Let's Rage Cougs. So a lot to get into. I mean, let's just start right off the bat. Who wants to take it? What happened in that second half? Overall, from Houston, so Houston's offense, they look good in the, in the first half, complete turnaround second half, and the defense, special teams, uh, really penalties. Overall, it was not a good performance from the Houston Cougars. I'll go. <laughs> first half, I think a lot of us, hey, this is what the offense was supposed to look like. This is what we expected. But you knew something was in the air when Check got the 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown and then the block punt for a touchdown. And you're just like, the coup is going to find another way to lose. <laughs> First half, special teams beat him in the butt. Second half, defense. Texas Tech had two different guys for 100 yards apiece. Just ran over the Cougs, missed tackles. Had penalties in the second half. Just a complete collapse by the defense. Donovan Smith offense was good first half. Second half, nothing. Bad teams find ways to lose. Jaja on YouTube says another day, another Big 12 conference blowout loss. Ooh, this one this one was frustrating. Chris, I we're thinking like whenever the kickoff return, the hundred yard kickoff return touchdown after Houston, you could have scripted a better start. They looked like they had figured out an identity on offense. They did a good job of being able to cycle when it came to Parker Jenkins having a balance. Donovan Smith looked crisp. He went seven for seven in that first drive. He was hitting multiple receivers. He scored for the touchdown at 50 yards on that drive. And then right off the bat for Texas Tech to be able to get that touchdown, not even put their quarterback, who, by the way, had not gotten reps leading into the week against Houston. And he was not the original starter for the Texas Tech Red Raiders heading into the season, obviously, because Tyler Shook um, suffered that season-ending injury. And the Houston Cougars defense made it seem like he's been a two-year, three-year veteran to there. Go ahead, Dayon. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Got some, some profanity to use today, man. <laughs> nah, no profanity. No profanity, man. I think um, this game really just highlighted for me that really where Houston is in regards to the bottom tier of the Big 12 in regards to football programs. But not only that, I think what this, this program, specifically this year, has failed to do is play complementary football on all three levels in one game. It's been spurts where the offense wasn't that good and the defense was playing good. And and, and there was times where the special teams was playing good. The offense wasn't playing good or vice versa. And so today, I mean, the offense was on point really for the first time this season or second time if you include the last game. And the defense 
um, couldn't get a stop in the first half. Second half, they was able to get stops and get the ball back into the offense for Houston to have opportunities to trim the lead or tie the lead. And so they complemented the offense um, in the second half, but the offense didn't come through, so they didn't complement each other. And so that's really um, the niche of this team right now playing complimentary football on all three levels and sustaining that. That's what good teams do, sustain that for four quarters. Maybe you have a couple plays here and there, but the consistency of, of that on all three levels what separates good programs from okay and low-tier programs. And Deion's being – he said it beautifully. I'm going to take one more this little dig. The Cougs not a good football team. <laughs> they're, 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 they're bottom tier. I'm just going to say it. They're a bad football team right now. They're finding ways to lose. Everything you said about compliments, complimentary, offense good, one game, defense good, another, all those, that's accurate as well. But that just, in a nutshell, the Cougs find ways to lose, and that makes them a bad football team. This is not Sam Houston today. I want to bring Go ahead. Go ahead, Akin. Yeah, I mean – I'm just going to reiterate what everyone said, but then just to add to it, uh, like when we're looking at the offense, I, I, honestly, you have the pieces. I'll, I'll disagree a little bit with, with, with you, Chris, not not too much. Like you have the pieces offensively, like you got Sam Brown, you got Matthew Golden, who was non-existent today. Um, but yeah, you got you have guys like that that can, you know, get you 80, 90, 100 yards. Like you, I mean, Sam Brown, I think he has like, what, 500 yards on the season now, like something like that, which is really good. Leading in the Big 12. Leading, leading the, the Big, Big 12. Leading the Big 12. Um, I think the only thing is, like, he today was uh, his first touchdown, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but, I mean, the touchdowns were mostly going to uh, Matthew Golden uh, prior to today, today's game. But you got the pieces, and you saw, like, how – what if we play, like, football how we can play in the first half, that the offense, passing, throwing – opens up the game and I felt like I don't know second half we were seeing a lot of on first and 10 just run the ball like same old you know yeah second yeah. half you I was wondering where the adjustments to their defensive adjustments yeah because you could tell our defense made adjustments in the second half was able to get the stops and get the ball back into the offense but they was able to move the ball certain calls fourth and one he Still can't get that figured out. And during that drive, we had ran two quarterback powers and was able to get positive yards. But on fourth and one, you go with make it 10 on 11 instead of running the quarterback, using the running back as a blocker, making 11 on 11. And you have your big quarterback who's been falling forward all game going for a yard. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Aki. We definitely have the talent um, offensively. And I think we have talent defensively because it, it's just about putting it together in spurts consistently with offense and defense or and picking each other up during certain during a game. And so I think um, Donovan Smith, for me, he, he just looked how he looked all year, but – and, which is consistent, calm in the pocket, making the throws, and running when the opportunity presents itself. I just today, I think that wide receivers made more plays because previous games he was dealing with drops. So what, it wasn't like he was never really playing bad. It was just today he was really on point, accurate, time, great decision makers quickly, and really on top of his game. I think it was one of his best games that, I, that I've seen him play so far this year, probably in his career. One thing that one, Houston one of his did really best, well. One of his best halves. Half, he was five yeah. for yeah, sixteen half in the second half. Yeah. But I was part of say, that, I top to bottom, eleven. My, oh my bad. I was gonna say eleven different receivers that caught passes in today's game 
for Houston. So that's what's really good. And then to add on to Akib's point about Matthew Golden, he only had two catches for 17 yards. So, again, that just goes to show the type of game he had. I think there's talent on this team. It's being poorly coached. Yeah. Offensively and defensively. There were some adjustments made by the defense, but the running running backs just broke broke loose. Missed tackles. Got to get back to that fundamentals. Just missed tackles. Second half were just way too many. But the offensive play calling in the second half was way more conservative. And that fourth and one shotgun, almost Mm. every other team in football does a QB sneak with the butt push. Just push them in the butt and fall forward, get that one yard. Dana just seems to just be stuck on this. I'm going to go and shotgun on fourth and one because and, I know it's best. Remember last time after the post game during his post game press conference, he actually called out the running back. Yeah. He said we had it blocked up and it was one on one. It was the running back's fault. So then he didn't hold himself accountable and be like, maybe I could have called a better play, a different play to get the team in a better position. He literally blamed the running back on this position again. I guess what he's going to say. I, I can understand having your veteran running back, power running back in the game, but that play call, I don't understand it. But also we can't for not mention those two special team touchdowns. Uh, even without those 14 points, the defense still w- was playing well enough to have us sustain a lead, although they gave up consecutive drives. But that 14 points given up on the special teams it was really, really critical, especially in that first half. I think you take away those 14 points, so you're looking at a different ball game. And that's why I said on all three levels, defense could have played better 100% for sure. But a lot of that, I don't think is the scheme. It's just about the players making plays because they're in the right position. Sometimes they just get beat. And so, yeah, um, it's just complimenting football, really the simplest way to put it in regards to putting that together on a consistent basis, offensively and defensively. Dan OB on YouTube does not agree with you. They the base their comment. Bye bye defensive coordinator. Your defense has given up an average of thirty points in the five in five games. That's not going to cut it. And I mean, those two special team score accelerated the scoring, but I'm not so sure even if they successfully get off that punt or if they tackle and don't allow the kickoff return touchdown that the defense is able to stop them. They had no answer for Texas Tech's running backs all day long, especially when it came um, to Taj Brooks. And he was just running over defensive linemen, running over defensive backs when he got into the secondary. It was really, really hard to bring him down. It just seemed like they couldn't get him. They couldn't get a TFL on him, even when they met him in the backfield, it always seemed like he was able to evade it and at least get one yard, two yards. And that just went to show just overall the, the strong performance that he had. And don't even get me started on the other running back in Valdez. Imran he had Valdez. 106 yeah. rushing yards. Both of those running backs had 106 rushing yards. Valdez did it on five carries, and those were gashes. Those were daggers. And yeah, Houston's defense just had no answer for, for them. Even, in the when, even within those stats, you if you watch the game, which I know we all did, the offense had chances to either tie the game and, and go to a lead. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can look at the stats and be like, oh, yes, they gave this. But then within the game, the defense was able to get critical stops for them to stop them. And so they was capable of doing it. And, but the offense, for whatever reason, didn't adjust and make a play. But then when the times they didn't stop it, the offense in the first half was able to score a touchdown. So it was back and forth, back and forth. And so – 
within the game, it's easy to look after the game and be like, oh, they had such and such stats, in which watching the game, they definitely dominated on the ground 100%. And, and I, that was expected because I think Taj Brooks is an NFL running back. I really think he is. Texas history It comes back to, to Dana. The second half play calling was conservative. The defense made some stops in the third quarter. We saw punts in the third quarter. <laughs> Didn't see what any in the first half by either team. But the play calling in the second half and Texas Tech's defensive front, their front four got pressure on the quarterback on Donovan in the second half. And the Dana, Donovan, they did not make adjustments in play calling to, to beat the drop, the four up front and then the seven back. It was just like a completely different viewpoint of calling plays from one half to the next. I think a better, a better coach would have helped the Cougs win today. Yeah, and we, I saw a tweet that said that he told Jeremy Branham that the defense was sneaky in special teams. I wonder what did he say about the offense in the second half. That's like, like what is he going to say? Like, that we what do you, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I think there's numerous ways this, that would a different coach who who can re- – I don't know if – well, I don't want to say that because I don't know about that. But I agree with you, Chris, about the coach. Yeah, I agree. Do you I guys get, think – Andy? <laughs> yeah, Andy, what was your question? No, I was going to – if we're talking about Dana, go ahead and talk about Dana. I was going to switch it around and go back to defense. Yeah. I mean, on the topic of Dana, like, I think at this point, majority of fans, majority of, you know, experts will tell you, like, it's a two and three season. I mean, there's still a lot of seasons left to be played, but, like, we might as well, we might end up going, like, what, two and uh, how many games of six, uh, seven? Seven games left, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we might, I'm I'm dead serious because I think Baylor. Baylor came back and won. Yeah, they came back and won. I was thinking early on when they, uh, when Baylor was down by three, four, you know, scores, I was thinking, okay, that's a team maybe UH can beat. Now I'm, that's a team that I don't think we can beat. And, like, that was going to be probably the only team that I think we would have a, a decent chance of, of winning. We might, we might go winless the rest of the yeah, season. See, I, I, dis- I disagree yeah. with that. I don't think we're that bad because watching the games, if you go back to TCU, we can compete and we can win those games. It's just about doing what it takes throughout a four four quarters and win those games. It's not like but, we don't belong. Dan, on the if, field with them. Um, if, we're, if we're losing to Texas, Texas Tech is going to be one of the bottom teams. We I'm lost sure. to in, Texas in, Tech this year, who shouldn't be Oregon at home. This is at home first on a roll game in the Big Twelve. We got to put everything. They, into they were one and three, one and three coming into this game. We lost, lost to, them to Wyoming one three. Three scores. They lost to Wyoming. And, and the backup Without quarterback. the starting quarterback. Right. Backup so quarterback as well. I mean, we can try to be positive, Dayon, but nah, like, we got to also be realistic, too. I'm just too, going like, by what I see. I, I'm well, definitely not, not trying to be positive. I'm yeah. just saying from what I've seen throughout each game, they can't compete in two or three They're plays competing every ways. half. They're competing up they until the first the half. They're competing in a half. That's yeah, what exactly. they They compete for for a half. It's two, there's two halves in a game. Yeah, put it together. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Got to put it and, out again. And see, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm pretty sure Dana's going to say post game, we don't have the depth 
we wore down in the second half on and on about, and we'll go back to it. And who's the head coach who assembled the team, who calls the plays? That is you, sir, Mr. Dana Hogerson. You are the one in charge of this team. You're the one who's putting the product out there on the field that's not playing for four quarters. That's on you. Baylor, I'll say this, and we can, we're not going to know. Baylor scored 29 unanswered points. Probably saved Dave Aranda's job. That could indicate those players have not given up on Dave Aranda. I'm not so sure we get to a point, especially West Virginia, Coos are off next week. Game Next game is on uh, October Thursday. 12th. That's a Thursday game. I'm not sure because players get fed up hearing, hearing the coach blame everybody but himself for issues and losses. Dana, after a win, everything's great. We did a lot of great things. After a loss, wasn't my fault. I called the right place. Well, we're not <laughs> deep enough. <clears throat> Some players be like, what is coach doing? Is he our coach or not? So what if some point the guys are like, man, this man's not in for us. So watch being for him. Real quickly, I put a pin on it. This is Let's Rage Cougs, the original Houston Post game show of football and men's basketball games. Obviously, this is off the heels of Houston's 49-28 loss to Texas Tech. And you are watching or listening, depending on um, however you're digesting or getting Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. Dan Lazarine founded the Lazarine Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazarine understands that sometimes bad things happen to good people worse false allegations are made every day with offices in houston and sugarland dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in harris county and in surrounding counties including fort bend county here in texas if you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble call the lazarine law firm at 281-720-8551 or visit dan online at www.lazarinelawfirm.com for a consultation of course we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode and that is star pizza with multiple locations across the houston area star pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game and uh, based on how houston and texas tech win uh pizza sounds good right about now to try to put that loss in the rearview mirror but let's get back to it i did want to this comment i wanted to put it up earlier two big 12 games zero points in the second half uh i think what's become evident in these two games there is a gap whether we want to say it's a talent gap, a coaching gap, there is a gap so far between Tech, TCU, and Houston. Well, y'all know I, I believe it's a coaching gap. <laughs> y'all, y'all know that. So, y'all take the rest. Akim, you take it. Now I'm agree with Chris here. Like I, I never want to call for anyone's job and say like, oh, this guy, you know, doesn't deserve to have a job. Uh, with this with this football team, but I don't know how how much longer like I could take. Even even though he's what he's gonna get paid out if 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 he were to get if uh, Holger yeah, were to get fired, yeah, he'd get paid out. But like, yep. yeah, but like, does that even matter at this point? Like, it's like you're gonna probably lose majority of the games anyway, especially if you don't have if Holgerson doesn't have control of like his his locker room if he keeps you know making comments negative comments towards his own players. And not taking the blame, like, like how short is that leash going to be? Well, you know, but the the question for the administration 
Because I don't believe he's going to be fired this season. I believe he should be, but I think he'll be back next season. The fans don't believe in him. Dana Hogerson does not inspire hope and confidence in the fan base. So the Big 12, shiny new car being first year in the Big 12, is wearing off because of performances like this. It's going to get worse next season. Down, what team's coming into the conference next year? Colorado will be at the top of the list. With, with a huge Utah brand and a head coach in Coach Prime. Those fans love that man. The love will probably continue next year because it'll be their first year in the Big 12. But Dion gives them hope. Dana doesn't give Kook fans hope. And at some point, I'm not sure how long it's going to take. Mm. It is an opportunity cost. It's going to be a loss. The longer you keep Hogerson mm. here, the less fans are going to spend money to attend the games. And I know, I've said it for a long time, that fans, alums, need to support the team, go to the game, support the players. But at some point, you got to show the administration how you feel with your dollars, too. And this this man is not the right man to lead this team to championships. So get rid of him. Yeah, I think definitely the fan base doesn't believe. There's no sense of hype. I don't know I don't know if he relates with the, the young generation, with the culture, and being able to really use the Houston culture to his advantage to being at the University of Houston like some of the previous coaches at Houston to be able to get some of those five-star recruits and just have hype around the, the, the team, the players, the, the, the program. I don't, I don't think he's that guy. I think um, throughout some games this season, really all, all of them, um, lack of adjustments, questionable play calling, you can go with different, different things that have transpired, but ultimately it falls on his hat because he's the head guy. And not too many times does he hold himself accountable. And so when you're leading a group of men, how can they, they follow a man and who isn't holding himself accountable um, in the public? Like maybe he's doing it behind doors. I don't know. But um, I think they'll still be able to compete. Just play, being a former athlete competing all my life, when you get out on the field, it's about putting good tape out. You're not worried about the coach or nothing. You're about representing the name on the back of your jersey. And so, um, but I don't. I think it's definitely with, with, with the coach. I think it's it's, it's time. Um, like like you, I, I never really want to say that and call for a man's job, but I got to call it how it is. And, and looking at the program, in my opinion, I think it, I think it's time. Right on the wall. If you if you want to be um, successful, because I think Houston cannot be a bottom tier program. Agreed. Being like being in the Big Twelve, like. I see so much promise within this program. With the right person in charge. You don't have the right guy. Exactly. And Andy and Akib, Dan, I know you feel about it. I'm going to go with this one first. This this one first. This is what really baffles me. Is because the administration can see what works in coaching and a program on campus. You have someone who has developed and established a winning culture, a winning foundation in Kelvin Sampson, who has instilled a culture and hope in the fan base. Contrast that to what football has, and yet they continue to just pay him, 
make excuses for him, listen to his excuses, on and on and on after losses in basketball. Coach Sampson typically says a few things. Hey, we weren't going to go undefeated. We're going to get better month to month. I'm going to make sure these guys get better month to month. It's on me for us to get better. That's consistent. Zaina, up and down after wins and losses. Are you in charge or not, man? And it goes to Chris Pesman and Tillman Fertitta. Yeah. This is not personal. This is not personal. I have nothing against Dana Hogerson. This is business. If he is not the right person for the job, and I believe he's proving that week after week, at some point you got to move on. So there we go. I'm done. I'm no, just, now. Just, just to add on to your point, Dan, I agree 100%. There is a blueprint that the football team can not only have success, but have fans, have alumni really rally around it because it happened in 2014, it happened in 2015 with Tom Herman. And they had a great marketing slogan with the hashtag HDown Takeover. And that was when the program was at its peak, certainly in the modern era. And it has come nowhere near close to that in the past four and now a quarter and some change years under Dana Hogers. Even the year when they went 12-2, and two, there wasn't no rallying around the program even then. Yeah, and this, what's your thoughts on this? Dana comes off entitled as if his pedigree should be enough. The fans should be thankful for him. He is collecting a check from his best friend for Tito. I don't, know, that, I don't know the truth to that, but it, I like this. It sounds a lot true. It sounds a lot of truth to it, man, because just looking at the way that he he operates and, and says certain things, because at, at one hand, it was like we had two years to prep from going into the Big 12. And so having that, he was saying that as an advantage to him mm-hmm. going into the Big 12 versus when he was at West Virginia. So with him knowing that, you have two years to, to build that depth, to be able to recruit to these Big 12 type players and the athletes that you need. So now when you're here in the Big 12, in which you have the experience of being in the Big 12, you know what it takes. We had years to prep to get here. Now we're here and we're looking like we still don't deserve to be here. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that, that that's ridiculous. Yeah, and to add to y'all's point, too, I mean, <clears throat> who's in charge of when we – Dana Holgerson keeps mentioning depth, depth, depth every, every week. We don't have enough depth. It's like, but who's in charge of bringing in that depth? Who's in charge of bringing that talent? If, if yeah, I mean, I, as far as I know, it's the coach. Yeah. He's the one who's number one in recruiting. He's supposed to be that guy. So if he's not bringing in like you, you see uh, Coach Sampson, he's he's bringing in those guys every year, whether it's in the transfer market or whether it's uh, you know guys coming out of high school. So if if Dana Holgerson's not doing that, then why does he have to be there? Like if especially if the coaching isn't working out, if you're not coaching this team right, and then if you're not getting bringing in that depth, then there's no reason for Holgerson to you know be coaching this team. And I want to go add to that because I do believe there is some talent on this squad he's not coaching them up (laughs) which is also a part of coaching the head coach one of the 
main jobs of a head coach is to maximize what his players do well and minimize their weaknesses. Dana, as pointed out by the audience, second half, two straight Big 12 opponents, nothing. No points. Oh, that's, it was death. Oh, it was a death problem. Coach, you're the coach. Coaching adjustments. But adjustments. Yeah, He's the coach. Adjustments is really what it is. Adjustments. Good coaches, good staffs make adjustments at halftime. Okay, man, this is what worked in the first half. This is what didn't. This is what we expect them to do in the second half. When they do this, we're going to do this. And you look yeah. at the, really the story of this season, second half, the defense has played well. You look at each game. Think about it. Rice, TCU. Yep. Texas Tech. When it comes down to adjustment, we keep questioning the defensive coaching. Some people are. Second halves, you think about it, each game, there's been adjustments made. The defense has played, giving the offense the ball back with it, with a chance to do something. Or giving turnovers, they are giving the offense the chance to extra time to do something. And so, yeah, I think it's the, the head man that's leading it. I was going to bring up a similar stat to that that, Re, that Renee just put up, but Power 5 programs, period. Now, under Dana Holgerson, Houston is now 1-7, in seven, Power 5. If they were Power 5 programs the time when they played, so not counting Cincinnati, not counting UCF, 1-7. in seven. Of course, that win was against Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl going back to 2021. Birmingham Bowl, you're not sure. It's a win, but you're not sure how much – Auburn cared about playing in the Birmingham Bowl, but whatever. That moved them to one. six and six. But only it's a win. one win. That, and that's the one. one. That, that's that's what Dana is hanging his hat. Dana and his defenders hang their hat on. He he has defenders? <laughs> Chris? He's got the right ones, Aki. Unfortunately, okay, well, yeah. he's got the right ones. I don't think he's coming from the fan base, though. But <laughs> no, none, none of the ones yeah. who watch Less Rage Cougs. <laughs> that's a... Serious question. Is there one has is there a fan, a viewer of this show, a listener who defends Dana? Seriously. I'm 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 at I'm, I'm curious. Is there anybody who watches this show, listen to this show that defends Dana? Write in the comments. Write it in the comments. I will Let say the offense, how they look today, that's how what I expect from him. The play calling and what it in their first half. In the first half. <laughs> first half. But second half, where were the adjustments? Like we said earlier in the show. But that first half, and Donovan Smith, I think he looked like he looked out here. He just playmakers. He, play he looked good. Yeah, I mean, first half he looked amazing. Like he looked like he could be, he could have had eight, eight TDs today or something, ten touchdowns or whatever, some like Patrick Mahomes type game. And then he looked like he was like coming for revenge um, against that Tech team. And I, I, you know, I felt it up until like. Uh, what I think it was when we missed that field goal. It's the, when they punt. That, when they had yeah. to punt. Well, when we had to punt too. But then when we missed that field goal at the end of the first half, I was I thought, man, I think that just killed a lot of like momentum that we had if we had any. Um, and then also, I, I'm gonna put a little like maybe five percent blame on Donovan Smith. He was missing some key um, throws like. In, in in the second half at the beginning, like he was he wasn't as sharp. He almost yeah. over he wasn't sharp. Exactly. Could have been like, a pick six. I think it might have been twice where he overthrew receivers in that second half, where it's like it's a touchdown or or you know you're in the red zone, 
So the that's the difference between being next level and just being yep. good and steady. Yep. Yeah, he's good. Like I think we can all agree. Like he talent, it's there. He got a big arm. Got to be consistent. Run, have to have. Yep. He can run the football. Um, he has all the intent, like not the intangibles, but he has all the uh, the qualities, skill sets, the skill set. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you know he could still be picked up um, on a roster, like in, in the NFL. over time. Yeah, yeah. like if you see be. those type of with, with a good offensive mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So like yeah. He, he he could easily take up you know third string, you know, in the NFL, like just because of just with the the talent that he has, and we've seen that. In the NFL, like when you get when you give a quarterback, you know, the right coach, right offensive line, like you can do anything with that. But yeah, he 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 missed on a couple of throws today that I thought like could have been the difference in in that second half as well. And then of course, I mean, we, we the penalties yeah. penalties killed yeah. him in the second half. The false yeah. starts, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, holding oh, calls, yeah. the holding yeah. calls. And, and I mentioned, and like I'll make this one last point. I, and we, I think we were at, I think this, I mentioned this uh, in our group. Um, I think it was like a second and 20 and mm-hmm. it was like eight minutes left in, in the fourth quarter. We're down three scores. And what is, what's the, pl- what's the play call? Run the ball down, Run the, ball. down yep. the middle. Like, I don't understand that at all. I mean, I know you're supposed to, you, some, you got to switch it up here and there uh, with the, with the plays, but you can't be that's running. waving you know, the white flag. That's yeah, exactly. White flag. That's like, that's like, okay, let's hope he, he make, he breaks through. For like a yeah, I, I 20, think just strategically, some of that is they rush. They got three down linemen, and the rest in the yeah. secondary. So you're hoping that you can pop a run because you have the numbers. But now with the, with the way our so offensive line, down, is, yeah. you're thinking like maybe let me get eight to ten yards if I can pop one real quick, then they yeah. set me up for a manageable third down, like catching it by a field of surprise. And so like I can understand that because someone, one of my brothers, takes me during the game like, man, what the heck is that play call? And I'm like. I'm not. Well, that's what I. Play call, yeah, I'm yeah. just kind of under. No, and I mean that's what I. That's why I mentioned like, yeah. you you know sometimes you do you'll run down a second and twenty, because there's there's not pressure up front, but it's at that point in the game like and also Donovan Smith was making he was throughout the first half he was making deep throws accurate throws too so it's like why not just you know you can get checkdowns too for you know. Um, Five, seven, eight yards as well. So they couldn't you know, guard I, our receivers. Like what? Like what? Yeah. Changed? Oh, I mean, Manzanek and Brown were open off the, the top. That's why line. Ten, ten, uh, That's why ten, eleven different guys got yeah. passes today. So, but the right guard Tyler Johnson, the holding penalties, the tackle basically he had on one of them. It, that was declined, but it was still a holding on on him. He struggled. And when if you can't block five against three. When they're dropping eight back, you know, five against four, if it's seven back, your O line's not very good. Parker Jenkins, third quarter, what happened to him? We need to find out. Did he get tired? Did he get, a, you know, a little banged up injury? The announcers, you know, surmise that Houston's not ready to give Parker Jenkins, you know, the full load for a whole game. Okay, that's fair. But third quarter, he was he was gone. <laughs> you know, people asking, where's Parker Jenkins? Where's so that another part of play calling, but for everybody, Chris Pesman said a few times. He said it this summer. I think he said it early in August, or right before the season started. A successful season for him, in his opinion, 
was reaching a bowl game. That's six and six, basically. Mediocre. Mm-hmm. First year in the Big 12, six and six. Did any of y'all, fans included, watching us on YouTube and X, any of y'all still believe this team can get to six wins? With no Dana way. as a head coach. No way. From what I've seen, I, <laughs> I think it's going to be more likely that they go winless in the Big 12 conference schedule than they get to six wins. And that's... Hmm. West Virginia, that was kind of like the game heading into the season where uh, that was kind of if you could if you're going to pick a first Big 12 win between Tech and between West Virginia and West Virginia, much more so. They've proven that they're much more better, certainly than expected coming in. And you see all the comments. Renee, hell no. T.I., seriously, hell no. DPG, three wins max. Dizzy, busy, nope. R-U-F-L-Y-M. It's a maybe, probably not now. Yeah, I I, I don't see no chance. I mean, who, they would need four wins. Like, who, who are they beating? Potentially. Cincinnati? I, I wouldn't. Cincinnati? I, I definitely wouldn't say I believe, but I, I, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat some of these same teams you mentioned because they're at the same level of these some of these teams. You look at some of these, it's, it's going to be a competitive game unless Houston gives the game away. When I'm watching these, it, it's, it's, the, 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 it's not that separate in regards to the level of where they are in regards to winning. They can win some of these games if a couple plays go here and there. And, and, and that's why I, I don't believe, I want to be clear on that, but at the same time, the way some of these games are going, a couple plays go their way. I can see them winning some games that right now when we're talking, you can say the school name, you're like, oh, they might not win that game. And so for, I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's possible. You're, you're going with the – and it's fair. You're going with the on any given Not necessarily. I'm just going by my eye test because they're good enough. They, they should have beat TCU, in my opinion. Watching that game, they should have won that game. Watching this game, I can't say they should have won this game, but I think they should they could have and should have beat TCU. Watching that game, so that's a that's a Big Twelve team. I just think they gave that game away at home. That's what I'm saying. Uh, another team at home, who they play? Uh, See, West Virginia. They damn. can beat West Virginia. They can beat the Cincinnati. They can win these games. I'm watching it. If the, and so that's why I don't believe. Yeah, I want to be clear. A lot clear. of teams can. A lot I of think they show flashes. Yeah. But they can – I had no confidence that they could string it together because in order for them to have actually been in a conversation against TCU, it would have been if the offense looked like how it did in the first half today. Same thing. In order for them to have been able to beat Tech, their offense yeah, needed to look, be nah, consistent. I and if they don't have, if they're in, not consistent. In that TCU game, all the offense had to do was score a touchdown off of turnovers. We got two turnovers and we didn't score a touchdown. We didn't get no points. The likelihood of that happening in another game isn't that likely. Let's just say it does happen. They score touchdowns, and it's a different ball game. That's why I'm saying watching these games and remembering it, it's not like they just get blown out the water. Like, they just trash, just sorry. So they have no chance. Uh, nah, they got chances against these teams like the Baylors and the West Virginians and they, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know about Texas, but yeah, yeah, not, 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 not about Texas. <laughs> but like I'm saying, some of these other teams, I would keep it 100. They can win these teams. They can, they not that far off from some of these teams. Just watching the game, the highest game's going. It's just about maybe Dana or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Maybe something happened and they can do it. See this, but I don't this, believe. Though. I want to be clear on that. Yeah, fair. This is the concern that I have really for the program. This team is in next West Ooh. Virginia. Dana ruined West Virginia. He did. And now he's doing the same thing to Houston. What do you say? Honestly, you, you ask 
West Virginia fans, were they happy to see, to see Thana go? Nope. 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 Very, very, very. It's almost like here. It's were like they sad to see him go. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. A lot of them talk to them. Good luck to y'all. <laughs> we wish y'all the best of luck because he left us in a, in a trash heap. And now five years later, they're saying we told you so. Yeah. And they, they literally are saying we told you so. But we're getting, well, I mean, we're getting into dangerous territory where like he might, you can ruin the program for the next three, four or five years. They keep him too long. Yes. They keep, keep him too long. Recruits. I mean, they're going to look at this team and they'll be like, I don't want to, I'm getting 30 offers elsewhere. Like, why would I want to come here? I know it's the Big 12, but there's also uh, how many other teams? Next year, there's going to be, what, 16 yeah. teams in the Big 12? Like, yeah, I can go to 15. Go. We can go to 15 other teams. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go yeah, to Colorado. I want to go to Utah. To, uh, Arizona add State. on to your point real quick. I'm trying to play I, for I, Coach Prime. <laughs> <laughs> to add on to your point real quick, I could yeah, think back to the TCU game. When they had, how many recruits was it, Chris? They had, was it two, north of 200? He said north of 200, yes. At the game, and what did all those 200-plus recruits witness? They saw TCU dominate Houston in the second half, and they saw the fans, the Houston fans, boo the coaching staff. You could say the team they were intended for the coaching staff. Do you think that didn't leave a mark on those recruits? It, it's some. The ones who had questions. Yeah, they, it could go either way. It, it you know, won't. It can reach. But some of them be like, "Hey, I, I'm gonna get playing time here." <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I was, exactly what I was gonna say. They give you like, "No, well, I can come here and make an impact." I'm from the city. Like, yeah, it's, it can reach a different way. And I don't know this because football recruiting is not my area. But typically, when a lot of players visit, you hear a handful of them announce a commitment to the program after that game or soon enough. Have y'all heard any of that? Dana said that the guys, the young men were impressed in the locker room. They, they were impressed and hyped up at everything and the bells and whistles, all those things. Okay. Well, <laughs> because Dana is saying to the fans who follow the stars in recruiting, be patient. We're going to be fine in recruiting. We're getting, we're getting phone calls and from people that we would not have gotten calls from because we're now in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So it's telling the fans or asking the fans to be patient. Well, once that recruiting period, the signing day starts, we'll see if the patience pays off. I want to know how deep are his, his roots or his connections to like recruiting in Texas because – and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not no expert either on, on recruiting Chris – so I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to answer that question. But if it's not, if he doesn't have ties, you know, at least with Tom Herman, although he was coming from Ohio State, um, and although like a lot of fans might not like him, he he did a fantastic job, like recruiting to this uh, to this program. So you, you got something yeah. to say, Dan? Or? Yeah, I'm just going to piggyback off your point. I think the difference. Well, what number one? I think Dana does have ties in the recruitment. Um, in the state of Texas, the high school coaches because of the f- familiarity that he has with being in Texas at Texas program. So I think mm-hmm. recruiting, even in his issue to this team right now, I don't think recruiting is an issue. You look at his recruiting class over the last two years, he, he's done a better job of recruiting. 
I think he can. But I think the difference between him and Tom Herman is Tom Herman was able to, in his way, relate and play to the culture of Houston, getting a grill, creating the hashtag H-Town Takeover, being able to relate to um, let's black players in Houston to get them to come to Houston and believe like you can rep for the city and be for the city. And so I think Dana has done an okay job in recruiting, but I think that's the difference between being relatable and being able to play to the culture of Houston and, and being relatable in that, in that way. And I think Dana isn't, isn't that guy, but I think just it, once you, the way that, in my opinion, the program is set up right now with the talent that they have and some of the young recruits they were able to get under Dana Hogerson, if they do make a change next year, it, it could go either one or two ways. Either this young talent, this coaching staff was able to retain it because I think they have a lot of it and they were able to believe in it and they can still develop it or they can transfer out. Then it's a rebuilding stage unless we get a you coach with a high, play. high, high um, – caliber coaches able to do it in one or two years like a Lincoln Riley, like a Coach Prime. Other than that, I think it could go one or two ways in regards to if they are able to make a coaching change. But the recruiting has been good, in my opinion. It can definitely be better. But the, <clears throat> one of the issues with bringing Dana back for this season rather than letting him go last season is you could have given a new coach the first year in the Big 12. Fans would have expected the the, the beatdowns to start off because of a rebuild. A lot of fans, I'm not sure what y'all thought, but I expected this to be a long, long season because Dana and his coaching. But a lot of fans are disappointed because maybe they ha- had higher expectations. I'm saying if you'd removed all that with a new coach first year in the Big 12, fans would, wouldn't be like, hey, I know two years from now, or hit the, well, could do what Coach Prime does. Guys, the first-year head coach, hit that transfer portal, clean house completely, bring in new talent, bring in this kind of players, give them some hope, because go back to it. The fan base here just has no hope in Dana Hogerson turning things around for this team to be competitive in the Big 12. No. I agree 100%, specifically when it comes to, at this point, again, we're into quarter five plus, uh, in plus quarter five of year five, or quarter one of year five for Dana Holgerson. And let's go back to the years, 2019. Not a good season. They had the the red shirt, um, the red shirt plan, and then it, it ended up falling apart. 2020, COVID year, they finished under 500. 2021, they went on that 11-game winning streak, but Chris, you and we've touched on it multiple times during the show, but the teams that they beat weren't necessarily a murderous row when it came to that 11-game winning streak. And uh, they ended up, you know, when they ran into Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference Championship game, similar to what we've seen in these two Big 12 games. Competitive in one half, competitive in the first half, second half unable to consistently perform against those high-caliber opponents. And then last year was really the the big disappointing season. I think last year it was kind of a turning point because if Houston had been able to build off the momentum, the positive momentum that they had in 2021 to prove that it oh, it wasn't necessarily a fluke or it wasn't a, a you know, kind of catching lightning in the bottle with that 11-game winning streak, well, there would be a much different mindset heading into this, this season because then you're kind of build, building that trust in that, hey, it's a jump, different conference, but – 
he showed in the American Athletic Conference he was able to build it. That wasn't the case. And that's why here we are. We're kind of stuck in neutral with the program. And Chris, like you said, there's no confidence. There's no confidence right now in this program and head coach Daniel Hogerson being able to build up the program to a contender that's at the top of the Big 12. Okay, and Dayon, for, for you, after the 11-win season, what did Dana do? He lowered the expectations for last season. Everybody else was, yeah. hey, Cougs are going, they could be, they could be, what is it, Tim Brando was top 10, <laughs> his top 10 team. Dana's top like, team, oh, no, yeah. no, we're not, we're, we're not going to be that good. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who, who's, who's saying we're going to be that good this year. Really? Oh, no, we're, no, no, we're not going to be that good. No, 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 no. Well, some people had him penciled in to be the power, the the power, the G five representative. G five representative. In the said, oh no, 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 we're not. We're well, not here's the that. thing: they didn't, they didn't say that at the beginning. Once they started losing, it was, oh, we didn't put those expectations. Those were put on by people yeah, outside yeah. of the program. Yeah, y'all did that outside the program. So, we didn't do that. Which Thanks, again, that that again. I remember that was a that was a big thing last season when there was like a con- I can't remember the exact and weren't you the one that asked made. him about expectations yeah I think I, I think yeah. I, I think I, it was me so I, I'm actually I didn't even remember that I had asked that but <laughs> Andy you just brought it up um but yeah so the the comments that he made with with as far as expectations last season I think that kind of set the tone for you know the games to come last season and this season so it was kind of a that was kind of a downer hearing that from him was and like, it's been the same thing yeah. this year too. Yeah. When it comes to it's the same. Big Twelve, it's gonna it's gonna be a jump. There's a there's a big jump from G five to P five level, and the depth just not there. Is what he said after they lost to TCU. But the irony is, Coach Kelvin Sampson has made similar comments. He said a few times, "I've seen a Final Four team. We're not a Final Four team yet. We're a good team." He's made similar comments, but you know what he does? The team gets better almost game to game. But he also, but Chris, he, uh, Samson, Coach Sampson has never, ever said anything uh, with our depth. Oh, he no. would say, like, no. we'll have banged up. Obviously, we'll have guys injured, and he'll say next man up mentality. But I've never once heard Coach Best Sampson example. mention the team the that was yeah. devastated with injuries and what did they do? They yeah, found a way to, to win. win. To win, yeah. yeah of course. And that comes back to, to culture and culture. And if, coaching. You, you know, and if you're if you're if your players on this Holgerson team, like, what are you saying? What are you thinking in your head when your coach keeps week after week mentioning depth? That means he's saying that you're sorry, basically. And you're you're not think, good enough. Yeah, you're not you're good not enough, good enough like, to make up my mistakes. <laughs> my my lack of adjustments from half to half. That's what he's saying. Deion, you're not in agreement. What are you I'm not. I'm in agreement. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I agree. 100. percent But let's kind of let's digress <laughs> a little bit. Not to we, we focused a lot on the coaching staff, but let's focus on this season in particular. They've reached their bye week. They're going to face West Virginia October 12th, Thursday night game. The the biggest. You know, where they need to improve from here is consistency. How do they become consistent? That's the big question that they have to find. The coaching staff has to find the answer between now and October 12th. And I'm not sure how that happens. Curious to get your thoughts. Tackling first and cutting back on the penalties. Just the penalties. I think the key at key moments, at key stretches. That's where I was going. I think in the first half, 
they had one or none. But second half, it they came apart. at bad times. It, 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 which goes back to our, our main point as a group. They're not consistent half to half. Offense, defense, penalties, tackling. That's what they got to pick up. They got to be consistent with the overall game. It's a four-quarter game. They got to play well, quarter to quarter. And right now, they're not doing it. They got some time to get their minds right and get ready for that game on October 12th on that Thursday night. And it's going to be the Cougs blackout game, everybody. So wear black if you're going to go. Just emphasis on inf. Yeah. Chris. It'll be a 6 p.m. start. Yeah, 6 p.m. start on on a Thursday. The game's going to be on ESPN. No, no. F, what is it? I think Conrad put it out. Uh, Let's see. The Senate. FS1. FS, ugh, that's even worse. Well, that might get some fans to come to the game. Because fans may not have FS1, some. Today's game was on FS2, so. Yep. But how many fans will be there? 30, 30,000. That would be the announced. Attendance. I was going to say, that would be the announced attendance. Anything. How many would actually be there? <laughs> For the first quarter, I think it would be pretty, pretty empty. And I'm not sure how, how much more it will fill out. And when it comes to the actual on-the-field product, that's the, the consistency is the biggest. Um, today, special teams just killed it. Just shot themselves in the foot. Which is Texas history teaches us dirty fans, and that's it. Which was has been a surprise. Uh, the one consistent bright spot for the course of the first four had games been. Houston special had been team. special teams. Yep. Um, and I think the one that's really gotten the shortest end of the stick is the kicker, Jack Martin, because he's missed four field goals or five, four or five field goals. All, all those field goals that he's missed has been 50 plus yarders. That they've asked him to to convert, which uh, it's a it's a tough position to put your kicker in uh, consistently. But kickoff return, there was a lot of Chris, like you mentioned, a lot of just arm tackles, both on defense and on special teams. Where there's a quote right there. I'm pretty sure that's either from, from Baldwin or Duarte or or whoever's that's from Joseph the Duarte. Yeah, Duarte the Chronicle. <clears throat> good in the first half, not good enough in the second half. Second time we got worn out in the second half. That's Big 12 football. We've got seven more games. You said it, Dana. You're the coach. It, it's almost like he coaches to make it come true. Well, we're going to wear down in the second half, so I'm going to coach less, less aggressive like I did in the first half to prove myself right. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Yeah. Well, we're going to do some strange things. We're gonna, I'm going to do some strange play calling. I'm not going to be as aggressive in the second half because I know my guy's going to be tired. And, okay, Dana, all right. You, you do you. I don't really – I don't see how you get wore out because you didn't play much offense, in the, <laughs> in def, I mean, much defense in the in the uh, first half. So um, – and then your special teams didn't play – play. Something that was a, a big issue in that first half from the defense perspective, the defensive line, it didn't seem like they were able to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback um and in the second half when they were able to get some stops um 
they were able to get a, good, a couple of good hits on on the quarterback. But the biggest thing, again, goes to missed tackles, which we've touched on this all of last season. It's been a consistent issue dating back to the beginning of last season. Missed tackles, penalties, and today it's very, very terrible execution on special teams as well. Inability to have a consistent run game. If it wasn't Parker Jenkins, it was a it was a struggle for the other backs in the backfield to consistently run. Here's a, a lot of holes. I'm, I'm, a lot of holes to fill. I'm, I'm going through Duarte's timeline and a comment from a fan. Let's see. Um, a couple. That's Big Twelve football. About the comment we just posted. That's Big Twelve football. But schools like Wyoming don't have an issue with it. Well, one of them in the Big 12. I know what he's, I know what they're trying to say. His responses are never good. Always is an excuse to losing. But here's the key one. Sounds like he knew what to expect and still had no plan. Mm. Yeah. That's the there you point. go. <laughs> there, there you go. So, you know, but the ultimate issue is the folks in charge. When are they going to have enough? When is Chris Pesman going to have enough? When is Tillman going to have enough? We need that a head, is a problem. We need a head coach that's going to come in and demand certain things that's obviously wrong with the program, like Coach Sampson, from all the way to marketing, all the way down to um, it, all those areas. Game day ops. Game day ops, marketing, all of it. We need someone that has a vision and know how to execute it and realize the gym that Houston is within the city and be able to get it to those heights that it's reached before. And be able to capitalize on the talent in this city, yes. the resources in this city. And I'm going to put it out there in these last minutes of less Rage Cougs. Chris Pesman, someone at UH, UH Athletics, dropped the ball big time now that we see the Rice Owls selling officially <laughs> licensed <laughs> Love Ye Owls, Love Your Blue Rice Owls merch. Officially licensed stuff. Yes, I know UH fans can get the not official, the bootleg stuff. I know that. But Rice is selling officially licensed Rice Owls, Love Your Blue merch. I'm not even mad that they they copycatted when it comes to like the Love You Blue. They uh, copycatted, but they did it better. They, they did it better. Executed yeah. better. That's, that's, why, that's why. That's why I'm not. They mad. executed better, but not their merch it. is trash. <laughs> the way it looks is ugly. Hey, well, they no didn't execute a plan though. Trash sure. merch is better than no merch. But see, that's that's what I'm getting to is that's how only if it sells because you can lose money by investing in it and it don't sell and then it's a loss. True, but I I think it's selling. I think it's selling. selling. It may not be you know long term, but it goes back to UH dropping the ball. If it because one report was the Titans didn't didn't allow it, well then you work out and talk to the Titans. What can we do to make this work so we can sell this merch? That should have been done in June, July, August. Because I think the quote that Duarte wrote weeks ago. We wanted to get it out there because we knew another program was going to do it. We wanted to be first. Well, you, you did it first, but then you couldn't even make it available for purchase. 
and you fail to capitalize on all that hype and interest that fans and non-fans wanted to buy because of how it looked. Where could I buy that? Oh, you can't. What? Rice got like no national media um, coverage over um, that just because because Houston did it first and then like Chris, you've been harping on it all season. Like we just totally dropped the ball on that one. It's and 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 DPG makes a, two good points. It is it's it's not the best looking deal, and Rice doesn't have a fan base to sell it to because they're going to struggle to draw fans. At Rice Stadium. Rice Stadium, Rice does not care about football. Agreed. But it just goes back to the main point, the overriding point. You let Rice, an academic school, an academic institution, capitalize with merchandise for football. And that's after they beat you in football this year to get the Bayou Bucket. But you could not, we could not even do the merchandise part right. And yet, we're in the Big 12. So come buy our product because we're in the Big 12. That, that's basically what they're doing, not football. We're in the Big 12, buy our merch. Where can I buy it? Oh, yeah, we don't have links for you to buy it. Huh? I want to buy it. I want to order online. It's not for sale. What? That's a horrible look. When Garrett Classy said in that interview, well, Chris is right now. It's not available for purchase. Man, the responses I got. <laughs> what? Horrible, horrible, horrible. Real quickly, I'm working on on getting. We you could have footage from Dana Holgerson. It's currently loading, so we could hear that before we uh completely wrap up. But I do like to um give a shout out to. Our sponsors beginning again. This is the Let's Rage Cougs, the original Houston men's basketball and football show. I like to, we have a new tagline here at Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. Dan Lazarine founded the Lazarine Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazarine understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, false allegations are made every day with offices in Houston and Sugarland. Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and surrounding counties, including Fort Bend County. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazarin Law Firm at 281-720-8551 or visit Dan online at www.lazarinelawfirm.com for a consultation. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode, which is Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to visit them online as well so you can order ahead and not even have to worry about the line up front following a uh, Houston Cougars game. Still working on that video, but just no, no worries. Looking I want to say this, if I can, and real quick before we go into looking ahead. It's getting to a point, Dana Hogerson is, is going to hurt the bottom line for the program. He's getting to that point where people aren't going to buy tickets to see them play, to see him coach the team. Let's put it like that, to see him coach the team. The, the merchandise failure is on Pezman, whoever, and that's going to hurt the bottom line. U.H., for its first year in the Big 12, is doing a piss poor job of capitalizing on its first year in the Big 12. 
Agreed. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Hands down. Top to bottom. Pocket? Dayon, what you think? I, I mean, we've been hopping out all season. Oh, ahead, I, nah, I, th- I don't think there's much more to be said about that. Like, Chris, you just – I mean, <laughs> you've been going at it <laughs> with the – with, uh, with the recruiting and all that stuff. And, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more, so I'm not even – It's there's nothing to add on to that, really. Like, it's just too much, too much, too many things going wrong. And, like, you, from an internal perspective, like, recruiting is not doing well. Um, and then your, uh, your coaching staff or your coaching is not going g- great either. And then externally, I mean, that, I think we're – I think at least we're bringing in money – um, actually, I don't know. I, I remember Chris, you had uh, shared, uh, I think earlier this week about uh, um, how much you know funding we're receiving and all that. I, I didn't really understand your point. Maybe you could uh, well go over that a little bit. Yeah, the, the Bearcats, Cincinnati had, you know, their first year in the Big Twelve as well. They've raised a hundred million dollars in nine months quicker than they had projected mm-hmm. for their facilities for the upgrades, things like that. Whereas the Cougs Houston Rise campaign with the hope plan to raise 150 has raised $70 million in more time than the Bearcats raised their $100 million. Yeah, I mean, but that's also with Cincinnati, I think they, I mean, they, they had a They've had a good, good couple of seasons these past few seasons, sure. so that helps for well, sure. They got a new coach too. They got a new head coach. They got a new, so. co- they got a new head coach too. But they had such a good um, season. They lost their head coach who went up to a better program. Yep. And they they are capitalizing on the previous success under Coach Fickle, and now they're checking their lumps this year with a new head coach in the first year in the Big Twelve. Well, the Cougs could have been doing that same thing, taking their lumps with a first-year head coach in the Big 12. Yet they decided to bring back a guy who the fan base doesn't have faith in, didn't have faith in him last season, but they brought him back anyway. Yep, man, I think, like you guys said, we said throughout the show, they dropped the ball from many different areas, from marketing to all those different areas that we mentioned throughout the show. Um, and it, and it's sad to see because, like I just said a second ago, the gym that Houston is from all the resources within the city to the culture that can be able to relate to the young generation, the young athletes in Houston, then like it's so much. And Houston can be such a prominent school in all sports that if they had the right men in charge with their administration, backing and doing the proper things. Maybe they need a kick in the butt and need a, a head coach to to kind of demand, like, we need to do this, this, and this so they're able to get to the next level. Yeah. You know who does that? You know who does that? Jordan <laughs> Sampson <Exactly>. does that. <laughs> right over, right across. But yeah, I don't um, think it's, it's been, uh, just I'm going to make one last point. I don't, I don't I don't think it's been, we've been short of resources. I think we're, I mean, of course, we could do much better raising funds, but I don't think it's been like like completely awful. Like at least they have projects going, um, things of that nature. I'm I'm not not, not gonna like oh, no, try no. to give them credit, but like they, it's not Dana's as bad doing, as Dana's doing less with more. 
Yeah, yeah. Than, oh, than yeah, yeah. Coaches. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not as bad as how our uh, marketing has done, how our, our recruiting, how our um, how our coaching. I think that's those are like the biggest of all issues. But I don't think um, the resources, raising funds, I don't think that has been like horrible, I would say. I think it's been just okay. Um, it's yeah, been on the topic of Dana Hogerson, let's hear what it, he has it, to say. It, Here we go. Dana, uh, first half, second half, offensively. Yeah, not good. Um, good in the first half. Not good in the second half. You know, I just told the team, I was like, this is Big 12 football. This is the second Big 12 football game where we competed and first half was, you know, was good, you know, competitive. Uh, we do things better defensively and on special teams in the first half, then we, we get a lead. Now, can we sustain that lead? You know, hopefully at some point we'll be able to figure that out. But, you know, uh, it's the second time we've got wore out in the second half. You know, it's Big 12 football. We've got seven more of them, you know. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, we will assess it on Monday and, uh, you know, get a week to figure it out. Um, special teams have been, but to this point, have done well, and then they get a break off. Yeah, they've been good for four years in four games, right? So they got coaches too. They got they got good coaches. Kenny Perry's a really good special special teams coordinator that we've coached against for years, you know. And so it wasn't it wasn't any, it wasn't schematically. It was just. You know, they just they, they got after us. You know, their specialists were incredibly good. Uh, they did a better job of kicking and blocking and tackling. You know, and, and, and it was it was as bad as we've had since we've been here. Did you line up differently on that punt? Did you have? We did not. Okay. We um, did not. I mean, that's kid made a good play. You know, the op time was a little slow. The left wing didn't hold his ground. I mean, there's several things that happens. It's the first punt we've had blocked in five years. It's not our scheme. You, um, from Donovan coming out, I mean, you talked about getting the offense fast start. You guys get that. Was it other than the the wearing down second half? Did, did they do anything? Look like there was more pressure on him, or did you feel like it was just nah, allies up? So they they quit pressuring us actually. We hit them on. They, they pressured us a couple of times, and we hit them on some big plays. Uh, we had opportunities to make a couple of big plays in the third quarter, and we did not. You know, I thought Donovan hung in there. You know, as the game went on, the pocket started collapsing. He started getting uncomfortable. Um, you know, did we wear out? I don't probably. You know, did uh, they turn things up? Probably. They've been playing Power Five football for a long time here. You know, and they have Power Five bodies. A lot of them. They're well coached. They needed a win. You know, so you know this one meant a lot to them. Um, you know. We got to do better, you know. I thought we had a good plan. I thought we came in, we we're ready to play. First half, you know, was pretty entertaining. Uh, just didn't get it done in the second half. From a uh, from a defensive standpoint, Dana, uh, they broke off some some explosives. There were some plays that they 
broke a tackle. It's missed tackles. Yeah, it's missed tackles. It is flat out missed tackles. It started on the opening kickoff, which is full of all defensive people. We missed a lot of tackles. And there is plenty of blame to go around. I mean, look at me and blame me and coaches and offense and defense and special teams. There's plenty of there's plenty of blame to go around. But to answer your question, it started on the first kickoff. We had we had missed tackles on the opening kickoff, which was a heck of a kick by Jack. It's two yards into the end zone on the by the pylon. I mean that guy's gotta go a long ways to get out. We had him we could have had him pinned inside the ten yard line, you know, I mean it's it's missed tackles. It's bad. Didn't get you know stuck on blocks, not getting off blocks. And then just carried over defensively with the entire first half. We were stuck on blocks and we missed tackles, you know. Uh, you know, they started going into four-minute mode a little bit, so we got a couple of stops, but then we decided to quit missing tackles again, you know, so it's disappointing. So that was Houston head coach Dana Hogerson. We uh, saw him on the screen. That some people noticed how he was whenever he began the presser. He just seems – this game was really, really uh, draining for him. It seemed – Defeated might not be the right word, but that's the one that pops into my head hearing him speak. Missed tackles. That's the number one thing that he just emphasized. And again, this the, this comment right here. To me, we also needed a win, Dana. Yes, that's what I was literally going to say. He said that this game meant a lot to them. And the implication of that is that, oh, I guess this game didn't mean <laughs> a lot for Houston, which it should have. It haven't won a Big 12 game yet. Dana Holgerson hasn't beaten a Big 12 opponent since he's been at Houston. Mm. The thing that stood out to me, what he said was, this is Big 12 and we got wore down. At what point did they No, you got out-executed in the second half. They did a better job oh, at oh. executing to the adjustments that they made, and that's how you won. It wasn't. And, and if it's that you got wore down, well, that goes into the coaching and uh, your strength and conditioning. Are you not properly preparing them so they can sustain the four quarters? You have the experience of knowing what it takes um, to win in Supposedly. the club and the preparation that they need. So, I mean, why does he keep saying that? And then he, at one point he says we had years to prepare for being in the Big 12. Like, stop. That's, a, that's an excuse that he needs to quit using. Watching that game, they got wore down. No, they got out-coached. They out-executed. Offense didn't execute well enough in the second half. Defense got stops in the first half. They didn't execute in the first half. And so complementary football, the team has to complementary each other in key situations and then execute in those situations to make it a competitive game and win those games. I can make a comment if you got to go ahead or not. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's same old every week. Like, it's like the excuses. Even when he mentioned um, the blocked the blocked punt, he said, oh, we haven't had a punt blocked in uh, in five years. I mean, I don't know if how – I guess I'm going to assume it's true that we haven't had one. Blocked, it wasn't but, scheme. I could, was but, yeah, that's, that, was, that, was, that was what I was going to say. Like, sure he, he's saying – that's exactly what I'm trying to point out is, like, he said – Oh, it wasn't scheming. That's like been the theme like these last couple of seasons is like it's never the scheme. It's never the coaching. Um, and he's always just pointing, pointing fingers at the players. But, yeah, that's the last thing I'm, I'm going to say about the coaching, because I, I know we've been when we've been harping on that. And I got to bounce here. <laughs> All right, man. Yes, Thank sir, you very no much. for You, for you take care.
going to wrap, wrap up in general, but... I, I just <laughs> want to say this. This is this, this my final comment, and then y'all can wrap it up. At what point are Dana's... Hell, no, no. Chris Pesman, Tillman, at what point are they going to ask Dana? You keep saying, this is Big 12 football, we lack depth. But you're the coach. You're the one who assembled this team. When are you going to take responsibility for the lack of depth that you assembled on this team? Dana, that's the problem because they won't ask him that question. So that might he be hired him because he had experience in the Big 12 and knowing. And so, like, it's ridiculous. Really that they hired him because it was almost a guarantee he wouldn't go elsewhere after. That too. Especially after, you know, not too far removed when what happened with Tom Herman. We'll put we'll put that there. We'll digress. Again, not to be too pessimistic. That is just the status of the program at this point. Certainly um, a lot of the feelings around the program at this point. Once again, the final score, Texas Tech defeats Houston 49 to 28, dropping the Houston Cougars to two and three. Quarterback Donovan Smith went 29 of 40 for overall for the game, 335 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Sam Brown led all receivers with nine catches, 113 yards, but it was 11 different receivers that caught passes for Houston. And Parker Jenkins was the lead runner for the Cougars. He had 71 rushing yards on 13 carries. Donovan Smith was the second rusher, leading rusher with 59 rushing yards. And then Tony Mathis, Brandon Campbell, Stacey Sneed, they combined for 24 total yards rushing for Houston. Up next is the bye week. Uh, that was a comment earlier. I can't remember who said it, but they said maybe Houston overlooked Texas Tech for that bye week. And when you heard that clip there of Horizon saying how badly this would mean for Texas Tech, it reminded me of that comment, but I digress. We'll see if they can figure out a game plan, find some way to be able to put together a complete four games on October 12th against West Virginia. No, well, they're not going to, Andy, Dan, because this is Big 12 football and because the Cougs are going to get worn out in the second half. So why even bother watching the second half? Right. Ridiculous. Well, I digress. Chris, where can people find you? As always, I thank you for being a part of this show. Any closing thoughts you'd like to share? It's basketball season, everybody. The Cougs started practice. Men's and women's teams started practice. So focus on that. The football team is off until the 12th. Just focus on hoops. Rockets starting up next week as well. So it's basketball season. So just follow me on Twitter. But more and more, follow me on TikTok, threads, and Instagram at Houston Round Bar Review. Thank you, as always, for taking time to share your comments and share your passion with us here on Less Rage Cougs. People can follow me on X at Ayana's underscore five. Most importantly, if you are new to the Pot Slime Jam YouTube channel or the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel, wherever you may be watching, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And of course, we'd like to say thank you to our sponsors. This has been Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Lathering Law Firm. Lazarin Law Firm, make sure to contact them if you're ever in any legal troubles, whether it be um, false allegations or anywhere around the Harris County and Fort Bend County areas here in the greater Houston area. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazarin Law Firm at 281-720-855. 
one or visit them online at www.lazarinelawfirm.com for a consultation. Of course, thank you, Star Pizza, for being a secondary sponsor on today's show with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to spot for pizza before or after the game. And Dayan, I'll toss it over to you. As always, thank you guys for watching and being a part of this show. Um, especially to all the viewers, we wouldn't be able to do Let's Rage Cougs without y'all. You can find me on all social media, like the shows below, at Dayon Dunlap on all social media platforms. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate the continuous support. Still going to support the football program, although basketball season is brewing, like Chris said. Well, let's, let's, let's stay the course with the football team, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you guys, as always. Go Cougs.